0: Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Requests are pouring into Michigan public health offices for coronavirus vaccines amid concerns that there are shortages. It has been a pretty rocky rollout so far. The CDC ranks Michigan 40th among states in vaccines administered per 100,000 residents as of Friday. Meanwhile, more than 500,000 doses of the vaccine are sitting on shelves, unused, according to the state's own dashboard. So who's to blame for the problems getting vaccines into arms in Michigan? And what do you need to know if you're someone who might be eligible to get a vaccine at this stage in the rollout? That is where we continue the conversation here on Detroit Today and joining us To talk about where we are with vaccines and how we get to a better space is Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Uh, Chad, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Stephen.
0: So let's start here. Who's to blame for these problems getting vaccines into arms in Michigan? I hear a lot of people talking about the federal government and its role, but I hear a lot of people pointing the finger at Governor Gretchen Whitmer and other state officials.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure totally who's to blame at this point. Uh, I do know that there are some issues with the way the state is reporting this data um, that doesn't that doesn't uh, tell the whole story. The state is reporting um, of a number of seven hundred and twenty five thousand total doses of vaccines distributed. Uh, But that that term is kind of wide. Basically, if today they if they ordered another one hundred and fifty thousand, then all of a sudden it would be look like there was eight hundred and seventy five thousand vaccines distributed. But they just simply ordered one hundred and fifty thousand and they haven't actually been even shipped or received by a hospital or county health department. Um, so the numbers that the state is reporting are kind of deceiving in that regard, and they don't give a lot of context. Then there's the number of, of doses administered, uh, which is you know the report of the actual shot as it has been put in someone's arm. And right now that's at 195,000. This is as of Friday. Mm-hmm. This data lags over the weekend. Uh, it's actually, excuse me, it's as of Thursday. It's reported on Friday. So we're getting data a lot slower like Just like a lot of cases we've had with, with this pandemic, public health reporting of data has not been very fast and very efficient. And so, yeah, on the surface, it looks like 28% of, of doses have been administered, and it, it would lead you to believe that there was five hundred and fifty thousand some odd doses just sitting on the sideline somewhere. But that's not necessarily the case. They may be in transit. They may not even even have left the um, uh, the, the federal warehouse yet. And then there's a number of 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 how many doses are going. And these doses are being split up uh, on a pro rata basis. So. Um, Wayne County Health Department somehow is getting just 975 uh, doses a week for the health department of Wayne County. So that doesn't count Detroit, they have their own health department. Um, but then Washtenaw County's health department is getting 2,000 doses a week um, just for their health department, not including the uh, hospitals. That's another big caveat is that the hospitals uh, seem to be getting the lion's share of these doses alongside with CVS and Walgreens. Walgreens and CVS have, are part of a federal partnership with the CDC to vaccinate uh, uh, nursing home residents and, and employees in Michigan and 48 other states and as part of that they're getting uh, basically a, a number of doses off the top that they get first and 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 they are reserved wholly exclusively for them right now that's about a quarter million of those half million doses and as of friday CVS and Walgreens have reported fewer than 15,000 shots administered in the first 10 days of this, of the rollout. Um, and, and so th- that's, that's, that's giving a lot of cause for concern that, that the, the nursing home vaccination program is going a lot slower than planned.
0: Hmm. Uh, at this rate of vaccination though, how long can we expect this pandemic to continue to really affect our lives? And here I'm thinking specifically about Governor Whitmer and her pledge now to reopen schools completely by March 1st. When I see that date and then I think about what's what's going on with vaccinations, I I can't help but see a disconnect there. Am
1: am I am I wrong to, to connect those things that way? No, you're right, Stephen. I mean, when I wrote a column last week about kind of raising the question why are teachers not being vaccinated right now, first priority, if you want this economy to function in any way that looks like normal, you have to get 1.5 million school children back in school. And in order to get that all those kids back in school five days a week, you need to have some confidence among the people who teach them and and, and clean their classrooms and serve them lunch uh, and, and administer all the programs in schools to, uh feel like they, it's a safe place to work in uh and and so uh because a lot of these d- decisions by school districts to go all virtual has been entirely driven by by the workforce they just either the, the teachers uh, don't feel comfortable or they have you know they have to juggle you know their own children at home and so so that's one one reason a lot of schools have gone completely virtual and because also parents have demanded it and so that confidence level in in the this safety of being in school uh, with full capacity um, really can't be achieved until we vaccinate uh, the you know, 200,000 plus school employees out there and so what happened last week I think this is going to be, we're going to have to watch this really closely. When the governor announced yes, now teachers can vac- get vaccinated and so can daycare workers and police officers and prison guards she also said um, uh, instead of just following the, the original schedule of 75 and older can get vaccinated she opened it up to 65 and older well 65 to 74 years old of age, that's about a million people in Michigan. Um, that is a huge amount of people who just ran and rushed into the line. And I heard from a lot of people with, with parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles in their late 70s or 80s and even 90s, who felt like their 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 elders were being nudged out of out of place by a bunch of baby boomers who jumped into into the vaccine line last week um and then you got the teachers who are still trying to get in line uh i don't know how uh, in the world we're going to possibly get through all the teachers uh by march 1st it, it much less a second shot uh and that 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 seems almost uh uh, impossible at this point, given the pace of of the vaccinations. I use Washington County. They put out a note today. Washington County Health Department. They have eight hundred, excuse me, eighty thousand people that fall into this um, uh, um, uh, matrix now that are eligible for the vaccine. That, that's teachers. That's that's senior citizens. Uh, that's the whole works. That's that is. That is um, uh, uh, more than a quarter of the population in Washtenaw County, uh, and so for for the teachers, the thirty some year old teacher to basically compete for that vaccine with that 65, 66 year old uh, person, um, that 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 just adds a lot more pressure to the, to 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 do that, especially in our big urban counties. Hmm.
0: I'm talking with Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about the vaccine rollout. Here in the state of Michigan, it's been pretty slow so far, and we rank pretty low among other states in terms of getting shots in arms. How do we move faster, and what's the holdup? What do we need to do differently? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what questions you have about the vaccine rollout. Who do you blame for the slow pace with which we're getting people vaccinated Also, give us a call and tell us if you're someone who's eligible for a shot already. I'm really curious what people know about where you're supposed to go. When are you supposed to go there? How does this whole process work? And is there effective communication taking place so that people who are eligible to get uh, these shots uh, know and know where they're supposed to do it. Also give us a call and tell us if you think it's realistic to reopen schools completely by March 1st. Governor Whitmer says that is her goal. She really wants schools to be open by March 1st. But if you think about the slow pace of vaccines, it doesn't seem like we're on track to be able to do that safely. For instance, uh, all teachers, would have to be vaccinated or should be vaccinated before we get there. That is not something that has happened so far. So do you think we'll get to the idea of reopening schools completely by March 1st? uh, Or do you think we're in for a long second year of dealing with uh, the effects of COVID-19? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Lola in Dearborn. Lola, welcome to the show.
2: Steven, How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. I think that people have to get used to being uncomfortable because they're going to be uncomfortable for a long, long time, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have to get used to making their own decisions. Uh, in other words, whatever they did before, that life has changed. They're going to have to move on because things are different now. And the ones that were able to think, they're going to put their head on straight and ride forward. The ones that didn't, well, guess what? They're going to be uncomfortable for years to come, mm. and they might be uncomfortable for the rest of their life.
0: Yeah, Lola. I, I, you know, I think that's a very grounded way to think about this. That the things that have changed, the, so many things about our lives have changed in the last nine or ten months now. And uh, the the idea that we'll go back to normal on many of them, I think, is probably un, unrealistic. At the same time, I think there's a natural human instinct to long for that normalcy and to, to believe, to really believe that uh, that it's possible, uh, but but I, I absolutely hear you. That that some things uh, and maybe most things are going to be different from now on. Not just until we get uh, until we get a, a vaccine, uh, uh, Chad. If if people are eligible or think they're eligible to get the vaccine right now, uh, talk about who that is uh, and and what what people need to know about being able to get that vaccine. I I have to say, if I were uh, eligible at this point, I don't think I am, I have not heard anything. I have not been told anything. I I wouldn't know what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to call my doctor? Am I supposed to go to the pharmacy? Am I supposed to go to the Department of Public Health. How do people find this stuff out?
1: Well, I I think it's it's so so far really a triage effort Michigan Medicine, the name brand for the uh, University of Michigan health system, they are telling uh, people, they send an email out to patients. I got this email via my father, who's a patient who's 66 and eligible. And they're saying they think it's going to take in Washtenaw County alone, that where U of M health Systems mostly centered, two to three months to get through the age 65 and up. Population. So, uh, just just that that little example of one one health system. I think the best if you have an existing doctor patient relationship is best to go through them and to go to or to go to the health system, whether it's Beaumont or, or Saint John's or Trinity or Ascension. Uh, go to the one that, that you use, uh, McLaren, whatever it is, uh, first. And, and work from there because the county health departments have really limited number of doses. Um, uh, Macomb County Executive Mark Ackle posted a, a video on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. on Friday where he he did. What Mark Hackle does, he goes after uh, people, uh, other politicians, even if they're from his own party. And he 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 was uh, he he filmed himself in front of one of these ultra cold freezers where they stored the Pfizer vaccine at eighty negative eighty five degrees Celsius. And he opened it up, and it was empty. It was and, empty, and, yeah. I and he that. was showing how th- that there have five of these that are that are sitting empty. They've got capacity they claim to vaccinate fifty thousand or to fifty thousand shots a week. And they're getting one thousand shots a week right now uh, in their allotment, and then then the you know the Whitmer administration says, look, this is the federal government. They they are sending us so few doses that it whittles down to nine hundred and seventy five in Wayne County and a thousand in Macomb County. I mm. mean, um, and and and, and Hackle made a point that. There's, there's they, they, estimate there's 300,000 people in Mac- Macomb County alone who fall into the either a, over age 65 or they are, are still prioritized under what's known as 1A. They're a healthcare worker, whether it's in you know hospital settings or home healthcare or or a doctor's office. Or they are um, a police officer, a firefighter, uh, some other type of frontline worker, uh, day, daycare work at work at a, um, at a at a at a state prison. I mean, there's there's a whole that's that that new um, area of, of uh, range of people is pretty vast, and um, and it's it's going to vary across the state. I heard from someone in Ionia County that the week of of New Year's, cops in Ionia County were getting their vaccination shots. Uh, ahead of schedule before the state, the governor announced cops could get them The to today. Um, they got them two weeks ago uh, just because they simply, the County health department there ran out of doctors and nurses to vaccinate. Mm-hmm. So they just started getting the next people, you know, uh, first frontline workers in line. Um, but then again, we are, with this whole prioritization schedule sort of sets up a system where we are um, prioritizing that you know a 29-year-old police officer in Ionia uh, needs to get the vaccine before some medically frail 80-year-old uh, in Detroit, and that is essentially how, how the state and federal government has decided to divvy this thing up um, in a in a, uh, in a slow rollout. That again, if you are you know um, middle-aged, young, and without much um, or young and without any health problems. It's going to be five or six months before you're even possibly getting on a list at this, mm. at this rate. Yeah,
0: let's take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Chad Live and Good of Crane's Detroit Business. We will also get back to your calls: Jeffrey in Detroit, Bernadette in Old Redford, Bill in Dearborn, Liz in Garden City, Linda in Bloomfield. We'll try to get to all of you next. You can also go to WDT's Facebook page or Twitter, put comments there. We'll try to lead those into the conversation as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Trade Today. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning. We're talking about vaccine rollout here in Michigan. Slow so far, but officials are trying to figure out how to speed it up. And the governor says she'd like to speed it up enough to make sure that we can completely reopen schools by March 1. Do you think that's realistic? Do you think that's smart? Or do you think uh, we really have to think a little harder about longer-term changes to our lives because of COVID-19. As always, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Bill in Dearborn. Bill, what's on your mind?
3: Yeah, hi, Stephen. I really appreciate that you're doing this topic in the the even-handed way that you're doing it. Um, I I actually wanted to ask about, I've seen a distribution map that shows like, state-by-state what percentage of the vaccines have actually been distributed so far. Mm -hmm. And I've seen tremendous variation in that map. Like uh, it was done last week, but it was like 20% for Michigan and up to 65% for some states. And even New York was doing really well. The whole East Coast was doing really well. And so my question is just
0: what are those states doing differently than Michigan? Mm. Great question. Good numbers. Great question, Bill. Chad, what what are other states who are way ahead of us on the list doing that we're
1: not? You know, I know some states uh, started vaccinating or prioritized uh, teachers, right, with with uh, nurses and doctors and other healthcare workers. Um, I do know of some. So some friends who say they got teachers already getting shots uh, or have been getting shots for the last two weeks in Indiana, for example, is one. Um, but but the other, the other issue that uh, I brought up earlier about the nursing home distribution, um, some of this is just infrastructure to get enough people to, to do the administer the shot. There's, there's not. It's not as simple as just you know pulling the vial out and stick stabbing a needle in your in your hand. You got there's paperwork involved. There's a whole lot of uh, of just uh, you know the process that you have to go through in order to run one of these clinics, these mass clinics. And so, uh, what the state did last week on Thursday, they asked the CDC, the Whitmer administration, asked the CDC for permission to let Meyer and Kroger pharmacies in on the the uh, work on the uh, nursing home dish, uh, vaccinations and let them deploy uh, their their ph- pharmacy staff. I'm told that Meyer offered this at some point, and it just never went anywhere for whatever reason. Um, but you got these two companies that have vast infrastructure. Uh, you know, CVS and Walgreens sh- certainly do as well. But you know, utilize more uh, of of the pharmacy know-how out there to to hold mass clinics inside schools uh, or or in nursing homes. Uh, you know, and and then then even the the state is. Has deployed the National Guard in some limited uh, regard uh, use. Basically, having National Guard people just do some of the, if they're not medically trained, they can at least still do some of the paperwork, uh, and and have the actual medically trained nurse do the, you know, administer the shots. There seems to just be not enough of that uh, from the start, Um, and, and that whether that falls on the federal government. The state government, I'm not going to I'm not going to cast blame here, but uh, but it certainly seems like there was not enough um, uh, infrastructure in place from a public health standpoint. You know, I kind of equated this to uh, this generation's storming of the beaches of Normandy. And we weren't just not ready to uh, for D-Day here. Mm, Wow. Uh,
0: Let's go to Linda in Bloomfield. Linda, what's on your mind?
1: Well, good morning. How are
0: you? Good. How are you?
2: Fantastic. Uh, I am 66, and I received an email last week saying that I was eligible for a vaccine okay. and that I needed to uh, make an appointment through my Beaumont chart. And uh, when I attempted to do so, I could not get in, and I was told that they, uh, they were flooded with, with, with the request. Oh, no. I got another email over the weekend saying that it would be available today. Or you need to go through your. The only way you could do it is through your old my Beaman chart. So I haven't logged on yet to try, but I will.
0: So, so Linda, these emails are coming from your physician, or from the hospital, or from whom?
2: From the hospital. From I'm, the I'm hospital. A Part of the Beaumont system.
0: I see.
2: Oh, I guess they just yeah. looked at my my data.
0: Right. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, that it's it's good to know that they're they're letting people know uh, about that. It's. I'm sure they're are, are crushed with with response to it, and that's probably why it's crashing, but it's uh, good to hear that something there is uh, is afoot and and working to let people know. Uh, let's go to Jeffrey in Detroit. Jeffrey, welcome to the show.
3: Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey. Uh, I'm calling because I really want to highlight the disability community uh, in the vaccination rollout. Mm-hmm. About 10 months ago, the World Health Organization issued concerns that people with disabilities were at a greater risk of contracting the virus. Mm-hmm. This is due to physical barriers to accessing hygiene or difficulty uh, – enacting social distancing, or the need to touch things for information or physical support, uh, barriers to accessing public health information or care, and ultimately aggravation of underlying health conditions. And what we've learned since then is that people with intellectual disabilities and developmental disorders are three times more likely to die from COVID-19, mm. and with people uh, with Down syndrome are ten times more likely. So uh, there's, there's a great uh, awareness gap and a need to fill it, In the United Kingdom, for instance, uh, it's confirmed that two-thirds of the people who've died from the coronavirus in the U.K. were people with disabilities. And if there's even a remote chance that that reality is is similar in America, we really need to pay more attention.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: I'm really glad you called, Jeffrey. There are so many subsets of stories about different populations and the way in which this affects them. And often we don't think about uh, we don't think about that. We don't think about how much worse this is uh, for people who have different kinds of challenges. So so thank you very much for the call uh, and for the reminder there. Um, Let's quickly go to Bernadette in Old Redford. Bernadette, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning, Stephen. I know you're going to call me Debbie Downer, but um, the governor is being hopeful rather than truthful she has to tell us lies to encourage us about the uh, pandemic because if we knew the truth that there are not enough vaccines not enough people who know how to administer them and no end in sight we'd all go to the ambassador bridge and take one giant jump
0: (laughs) that is a that is a pretty dark interpretation of what's going on, but I, but I, I can't blame you for, for the frustration I sense in your voice. So Chad good. I've got about 30 seconds left to
1: uh, respond to, to what Bernadette's saying there. Well, um, I wanted to respond to the previous caller. The, the disabilities thing is really uh, tough. My, um, I have a younger, I have a younger brother who is yes. in his mid thirties and disabled, yes. and I, I, I will give my vaccine up for him. Um, mm. And and I want, but I also want my. I, this morning, my mom is a home health care worker for him, and so I, I went on Washington County's website and signed my mom up wow. uh, to try to get her at least in line so that we can protect him as much as possible. Yeah.
0: Okay, Chad Live and Good, Senior Editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Always great to have you here with us. Thanks
1: for coming by. Thanks for having me, Stephen.
0: Come back tomorrow, and I'm going to talk with Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib about what's happening in Washington this week and a look at how and why black homeownership in Detroit is still being affected by unjust property tax assessments. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station your connection to news music and conversation
2: we'll talk again tomorrow